Hello, welcome to Netflix Landfill, the official podcast of English actors doing American accents. My name's Benjamin Sutton. I'm Rob Flood. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, uh, slightly, you hear about the uh, the Lola Bunny news? Uh, Space Jam stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Space Jam sequel is coming out and... Uh, they made Lola Bunny less sexy. It's disgraceful. I yeah, like it, it. Well, it's it's weird how I'm. On the one hand, I think it's like stupid and annoying that they're like, oh, in the original Space Jam, they were like, oh, we have this rubbish. Let's make her hot. But now I still find it stupid and annoying that they're reversing that decision. It's a catch twenty two. I'm I'm angry no matter what they do. <laughs> Look, I think there's artistic merit in making a rabbit hot. If you yeah, like, it was. Uh, think how much water shit down would be better if you just have a wank to it. Exactly. Um, or if they made Porky Pig hot, that'd be good. That'd be Ooh. better. If they were like, okay, you can't have Lola Bunny, but we're giving you Porky Pig. Just that would be a nice little. Bugs Bunny hangs dong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, no, uh, that, that, no. The Space Jam like remake is curious because it's it's LeBron, who's like, yeah, I think so. He's a, he's a big deal in like basketball arts, but like Michael Jordan sort of transcended basketball in the same way that I don't think anyone else has. So he's like LeBron. Like LeBron is arguably mm-hmm. a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Um, but. Who the fuck cares outside of America? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's like, do people still give a fuck about like the Un- Looney Tunes when when that first film first came out? Like what, ninety eight or something? I don't know when it first came out. The first Space Jam. But like, people still kind of gave a fuck about the Looney Tunes. Like it was, you didn't have like Netflix and shit. You didn't have like you saw there were more like cartoon reruns and as a kid growing up you know I saw a lot of Looney Tunes shit that doesn't really exist anymore you know no yeah uh, no, they... I, I don't know if there would be many like like this is for is, is, like is this film just for us is it just like for people whose nostalgia is like I want to remember being eight years old and seeing Lola Bunny and feeling confused or is it for actual children? I think it's for the first group of yeah, people. Yeah, it's, it's it's probably that, that's a lot of like these things is like the the Disney remakes and stuff. It's like the people who were like kids when it came out, they now have kids who and they want to show it to like kids who are about the right age. You think that the people sort of 30, between twenty five and thirty five, some of them probably got youngish kids, um, and I think probably the thing with like the Space Jam things like the Michael Jordan documentary just came out like in the summer and like when there was not like anything happening um and like in like that was huge especially in America it's good and like that's on Netflix um we yeah we won't do that who cares but it is good um and so like yeah Netflix uploaded Space Jam and stuff as well so probably more people have seen Space Jam this year than like any of the past five years so maybe it makes sense yeah but also yeah. I, I, uh, I, great I, soundtrack film with a great soundtrack maybe I, I think the, I tried uh, to watch it like DJ Slam City or, or Quad City the Quad City DJs that was it come on Slam and welcome to the jam uh, the I, R. Kelly I believe I can fly Oh yeah, uh, all that's, that's all I can guy, remember. But, uh, those two songs were, yeah. I mean, I mean, back, uh, you know, th- that was before. That was definitely before the whole piss inst- incident. And that was like his first. That was that was his first. Oh no, you're being naughty, R. Kelly. You're not allowed to piss on fifteen-year-old girls. Uh, <laughs> and it was weird how, yeah, it was like he was still part of like popular culture coming out it was people like were like yeah what, what are you gonna do there's that dave Chappelle bit where he's like 
if you're 15, that you're old enough to know that if you want to be pissed on or if you don't want to be pissed on. And people just kind of like let it happen. <laughs> and they were surprised, you know, 10 years later or 15 years later when uh, he's running a sex cult. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a video of him. Even the worst sort of people, I'd be like, that's actually kind of surprising. They're running a sex cult. Yeah, like if, I mean, if I Piers Morgan uh, came it out is... was running a sex cult, I'd be like, you know, he's a bad egg, but that is still surprising. Yeah, that. I mean, I suppose that's fair. I mean, I, how many sex cults are in operation today? I don't yeah, know. Maybe we'll find the census be. is coming out soon. Maybe we'll find out the number of sex cults soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I tried to watch Space Jam recently, and I was like, I need to watch this with people. I was watching it on my own. And I was just like, this is gonna be, this is too painful, to like watch. Uh, alone. Well, one thing I did like about it is like Michael Jordan tried to play baseball, and like he was really shit. <laughs> um, and like the film starts with him being really shit at baseball and he's like oh it's really bad everyone's too nice to me so I kind of like the fact that like Michael Michael Jordan massive arsehole like narcissist but like was willing to go yeah I was actually quite shit at baseball yeah well there's the rumour that that was because uh, he was like trying he, he was like gambling on his own games or something oh yeah some shit and they were like oh you need to do something else for a bit you need to go be shit at another sport for whatever reason. I don't know why that's... Oh, fuck. Michael Jordan's been committing crimes. Oh, no. I know how we'll solve this. We'll go have him play baseball for a bit. And then... Yeah, supposedly... Somehow this just absolves him of the crime. Somehow. I don't know. Well, suppose it was like a secret suspension. Yeah. Um, So he's like banned, but they didn't tell anyone he was banned. Well, I don't know how much I believe that. Some people think his dad died because that's all in the documentary. It says it in there. Go yeah. watch that, Rob. Yeah, I might. I might. It's, it's good. Um, it is good. It'll get you hyped up. But I'm then you're like, spo- I'm not. You hate sport. I'm not a sport person. I'm not. Well, I'm not one of these people who's like, who hates people who like sport. I think they're the most uh, pathetic people in the world. People who like get mad at the idea of someone liking enjoying sport, but um, shout out, to it's my just not for me. Thomas. I don't know. I just I'm just not a just not a competitive person. Uh, yeah, I uh, I just published an article about sport today, so I'm like, I fucking love sport. I love statistics about sport, and I'm like, I d- deliberately I do things that like even sports people think like that is. That's too much. That's just unbelievably nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the statistic stuff is the, like, worst part of sports. <laughs> You've managed to narrow in on, like, the part that, yeah, everyone hates. You're, like, you're a computers guy. Did you did you not watch yeah, Moneyball yeah. and think, I fucking love this? Uh, No. Have you watched no, Moneyball? I didn't. I I thought you thought I they were all nerds. Moneyball. Man, Moneyball's Basically, great. Yeah. The, the, this thing, I just have a, I just have a, uh, uh, you know, uh, like elitist complex. When it comes to other nerds, it's like I'm just a, a normal guy who just so happens to do computer stuff. Everyone else is just a complete fucking loser, wasting their life uh, because they're nerds. Uh, that that's how I view things. No, that is that is fair. That is fair. Um, but Moneyball, a film co-written by Aaron Sorkin, a bit like oh, uh, the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which is the film we watched this week. Um, yeah, this, or this week, week. Uh, we <laughs> delayed the podcast quite a bit. I watched it like three weeks ago and then rewatched it last night. But yeah, it's, I I've had no internet. Um, been moving flat, all sorts of things. Um, yeah, you're like we- fucking squatting or something now. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all coming up Millhouse. Got accepted. You're a fucking yippie, bro. I am a yippie. You're one of the yippies. He's fucking squatting, fucking 
tearing down the system. Yeah, I need to get. I should get um a a British flag like uh all one piece like suit and trousers kind of thing. Because yeah, that's what Sasha Baron Cohen. Not, <laughs> what happened? Just oh, Sasha Baron oh, Cohen okay. in the film as Abby Hoffman, and Abby Hoffman wore it. It's got like the American. Um, yeah, like American shirt and American trousers kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, interesting about that, you seen Forrest Gump? No, man, man. I don't watch films. I watch what you tell me to watch, and I talk <laughs> now, about have you it. I've not seen Forrest Gump. <laughs> um, well, anyway, Abby Hoffman's in that film as well. Not as Abby Hoffman. Well, he was dead by the time that came out, but a guy playing Abby Hoffman yeah. is in that film wearing that same thing. I don't think they say it's Abby Hoffman, but it's like quite obviously him because of what he's wearing and it's like speaking at a Vietnam rally. Yeah. And then you don't Pretty hear... big dude. Pretty, uh... He what? was like pretty famous, you know? Yeah. I book. No, I, I don't read. You don't watch films. I don't read. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to You don't to have read. to pay for it. You're stealish. That's the point of the book. I knew, oh, I knew what a PDF is. Doesn't mean I want to read a PDF. <laughs> like, I wrote an article today. I'm not going to yeah. read other people's articles. Anyway, what? Yeah, I mean, definitely... I don't know, it might, might help with writing articles if you read them. Ah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, what did you think of this film? I loved it. I think it's great. It's a great film, um, and I, I enjoyed watching it. And it's got a bit of Oscar buzz, and I think that's fair enough. I don't know what most of the other Oscar films yeah. are like, but I thought this film was good. And I like dialogue-heavy films, so this is perfect for me. What did you think, Rob? Uh, I thought I thought it was a proper Sorkin film, where. It was um, like very tightly written, like nice, funny moments, sort of well acted, put, well put together, and uh, I fucking hated it. I absolutely fucking really? despised it. It's everything. It, so yeah. So I mean, my like, uh, um, I don't think we've really disagreed on anything sort of before, have we? Sorry. Um. We've had maybe like not, no. we've I had stuff we've where I thought it was worse extent, than you thought it was, or I, you thought it was worse than I thought it was. But broadly, we've been in like the yeah. same ballpark. Where, but this is one I really yeah. liked and think it's good. This is and you're like I hate it. So please, yeah, dig into that. I I just really well okay. So I guess so. I start with like my knowledge of Aaron Sorkin is limited, and so um, but but. Like, my knowledge, so my understanding of Aaron Sorkin is sitting in in a few episodes of um, my parents reading into the West Wing and sitting in a few episodes of that and like sitting into um, like a couple of episodes of the newsroom. And it's, yeah, it's the same thing where it's um, this, like it's all well, like it's, it's this snappy dialogue and all this shit, this walk and talk sequences and, um, like on that level, like I find it enjoyable. Like I do genuinely find it enjoyable. But then there are these moments that just betray this like moronic view of the world. Like just really dumb that take me out of the film. Like this is this is kind like this film was propaganda. It was re like I don't think Aaron Sorkin knows it's propaganda, but it was propaganda for just a particular viewpoint that I find uh frustrating. Because you love the uh, Vietnam War, don't you? So I guess, talk about what the film was about. I fucking <laughs> love the Vietnam War. No, but it's like, even... Sorry, that, it was just... Get into that. That was just handled fucking terribly. The protests and all that shit. So uh, so we, it was the trial of the Chicago 7. And I knew very little about the Chicago 7. I knew I knew it was a thing that happened. Or I heard like it was the Chicago 8 or 10. I've heard that as well. Uh, because... Because um, of Bobby Seale in there as well. Because of the Black Panther and yeah, and all that stuff. Um, but it's 
basically, Aaron Sorkin's take on a real life historical event where the um, 1968 democratic election, a bunch of sort of counterculture groups went to protest the uh, Democratic National Convention in Chicago because um, both of the all of the candidates, the both the Republican candidate Richard Nixon was uh, pro uh, the Vietnam War, and so was the Democratic um, candidate, who's I don't even fucking know the name of name's been lost to history. But uh, and so these these sort of uh, anti-war groups all descended upon Chicago. Um, fighting between them, the police broke out, and then a certain uh, figureheads were sort of rounded up and put on trial for um, for, uh, for for this obscure law about causing violence across state lines. And this film is a dramatization of the courtroom proceedings after the fact um, with uh, sort of like playing fast and loose with history in many ways. Um, with certain things, which I mean, I'll point them out because there was a few things I just go like, I don't think that's right. And I'd Google it and be like, no, that's wrong. That didn't happen. That's like completely wrong. <laughs> and there was moments of that where, yeah, Sorkin kind of molding a real life event and inserting certain kind of um, uh, narratives to it that just didn't happen. Like there's this, um, uh, so Aaron Sorkin, he reads a lot into a uh, what he sees as like a a, 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 a sort of rivalry between um, Andy Hoffman and Tom Hayden, who were two uh, figures at this event. There, there were two sort of uh, Andy Hoffman, Hoffman we were talking about just there, and Tom Hayden, and. Uh, he presents this as like this is really fucking boring but this is why I fucking hated it he like he presented like Abby Hoffman as like this absolute fucking idiot and like oh my god what the fuck like like witty and stuff but fundamentally wrong about um, the world and the correct thing and Tom Hayden is this like oh proper prim and we need to take this thing seriously and oh like you know this this sort of you you people you're going about this the wrong way and we need to go about this a smart sensible way but um, that's bullshit. That didn't happen. That's li like, like that's just. He's inserting like he's just obsessed with this idea that because uh, he he it comes up in the West Wing. It comes up in the newsroom that like oh no anyone like more left wing than me they're fucking crazy and they're idiots and fuck them. Uh, but in the case of the real life uh, Chicago Seven, they were all kind of on board. They all like had broadly the same politics. They all thought that the courtroom thing was an absolute sham. They all thought this was bullshit and they were all trying to crack jokes and say like this is fucking dumb like abby hoffman is presenting this film uh and so I, I just didn't like it's just taking a real life event and just aaron sorkin going like this is what i believe and i'm going to put this in here in a really forced strained way even though it has just no bearing on reality you know what that's fair that's pretty fair criticism i think but I have I still... more about but, but it's like I get it that if you like I get it that it was sort of me it was definitely me being like fuck the fuck Aaron Sorkin his fucking moron uh his snappy dialogue you know it doesn't make up for just lying about how the world works um and so it was me definitely like trying to keep up and me going like no I don't think that's right and googling and shit but on the surface level I did enjoy it like their inter their dialogue banter, I go like, yeah, that's kind of well written. So it's this sort of two level thing. I was in, so on some one level I enjoyed it, but then there was just moments where I was like, no, that's like definitely bullshit. That's not how the fucking world works. Uh, that's not how this event took place, uh, and things like that. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely interesting. I guess like why the discussion to go into around like especially historical dramas where. I think there's that like Mitch and Webb sketch where it's like, oh, I'm gonna make a, a film true to life, and they're just in a meeting. Someone's like, 
going to go to the toilet now. And it's like, oh, should we wait? Uh, for <laughs> carry on. So yeah. no, just wait for him to get back. That's <laughs> just all in it. And so, yeah. And especially because of, like, you know, made in an age of, of Donald Trump and high political tension as well, for the film to. You kind of look at it, these films, like historical films, you look at through the lens of the modern day and try and make a statement about the modern day which it it does but and by doing that and by doing entertaining things and you know dramatizing it you do lose that historic accuracy um i guess my thing is like i don't really care um yeah about i, I think i but i think it's it's Sorry, continue. Yeah, I guess like there is an issue that it kind of portrays itself as real. Um, I don't know how. I don't know exactly. No, I've only like seen a bit around it. I know the the like closing statement is total bullshit. Like that didn't happen. Yeah, but that's very like. You know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> like, I mean, things like that. So yeah, I, I think. You know, it gets themes in there. The dialogue is good. And, yeah, it does have that, like... Um, I don't know too much about, like, uh, Hoffman and... What's the guy's surname? Hoffman and fucking... Uh, Hayden. Hayden, yeah. Oh, uh, Ruben? Ruben is uh, Hoffman's friend. Who's no, presented. No. He's kind of like the wacky stoner. Yeah, no, uh, Hayden. Like, I don't know t- if they, they were rivals and stuff. But I, I think it, it does work and like... I think that, especially through that modern lens of, like, their conversation of being, like, I don't think it was, like, necessarily shitting on Hoffman's thing, because, like, there was a... I I think it kind of balanced the ideologies and didn't necessarily say... Maybe you could conclude that he's saying one is better than the other, but I think there was that, like, um, you know, we have to be proactive about this kind of thing, and it is a political trial, and we have to make a statement compared to Hayden's more like you know we need to go through proper channels things and the speech being like in 50 years you're the sort of person that the radical left is going to think of which you know through mod lens sort of true um uh, and no, I, I don't lo- think like this is it this is sorry like I don't know I know I that's not necessarily like, accurate it, it's frustrating that it's yeah I'm I, I I assume that isn't accurate, but I think it is like a an interesting way of looking back on it, like retroactively, and you know, inserting things there. But yeah, but what what's frustrating is what's frustrating isn't just that like specific thing and like historical accuracy. It's just like moments in the film that uh, like are just like just sort of out of touch with reality or always in service of like the exact same like sorkin's big thing is that he has like just a massive fucking hard on for like institutions and so like the idea that like the an institution itself can be like fucking broken um he like just doesn't see that he has just a fucking hard on for you know mass media the like court system the fucking democratic process all that shit um and he he always chooses scenarios where like i don't know how you could like believe that as strongly as he does uh looking at these sorts of films like or looking at the things they cho- chooses like i don't know how you can look at like the fucking um you know the west wing was a uh dramatization of the bill clinton presidency i don't really know how you look at the bill clinton presidency and go like yeah fuck yeah this is the greatest fucking this makes me so proud and all that shit i can understand like not like hating it or whatever but to idolize it you know to look at something like fucking 24-hour news reporting in the newsroom and to fucking idolize it in such a way and similarly in this he's like idolizing the fucking courts in a way that um doesn't really line up with reality so joseph gordon levish plays uh like a prosecutor and in real life that prosecutor was uh like he was a young hot he was young 
And in the film, they present him as like, oh, well, he's young. And the reason he's getting this is because he's just such an unfathomable fucking hotshot. But he he fundamentally has principles and he disagrees with the, uh, the, the what he's doing. But, he, you know, he believes in the system. And so even though he disagrees with all this stuff, he's going to try to put these people away and because he's an honorable, good person. But again, that's not reality. It's in reality what he was chosen because despite being young, because he like fully ideologically believed, like fuck these guys. These people were inciting a fucking riot across state lines. They do deserve to rot in prison. Like he was a fucking asshole. And it's just those changes, like it's not just about like accuracy. It's just always changing things in a certain way to further a certain viewpoint of the world that I find like baffling and dumb and stupid. And so, and it's just moments like that, that like take me out of this film massively. Uh, you know, at the end when, I mean, we'll jump to the end, they're reading out um, the, the names of deceased American troops in the Vietnam War uh, is sort of the closing finale. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt like stands up and he's, you know, the other uh, prosecutors are like, what are you doing? Why are you standing for your speech? He's like, I'm respecting the troops. What are you doing? Or some shit like that. I find that just so cringeworthy. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, I just find that, like, I just watch that and go, this is moronic. Who likes this shit? <laughs> me, I like bring it. Me back to the sna- bring me back to the snappy dialogue. Like, at least that's like, you know, that's much the snappy dialogue like I enjoyed, but it's just moments like that. It's just moments where Aaron Sorkin's beliefs come through and you're like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he can write, but he can do nothing else. That, that's, and you know, it's just, then there's so many, there's just little things that jump out, like where, like the, he believes like agent provocateurs. So there were a bunch of agent provocateurs in the protest. Um, he presents them correctly. Like, uh, or he presents them in the like protests and stuff like that. There's a, a hot woman who hits on Jerry Rubin, and so she uh, is in it. And she's always like, but throughout the entirety of the protest, she's like, "We're going too far. We're going. We guys, we need to stop this. We need to." And it's like that's not how agent provocateurs work. They're a real thing, and they're the ones always inciting things. Like, this is the opposite of how reality works. And it's because, you know, he just has such deference for, like, I guess the fucking FBI and the CIA that he can't really work in his head the idea of, you know, okay, agent provocateurs exist, but they're there to keep the wraps on things. and They're there to just do reporting. Uh, It's sort of a, the reality is just beyond Aaron Sorkin's brain where, no, they're there to like get people arrested they're there to turn these protests into riots in order to arrest people um which is you still see in america today but you really 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 fucking saw it in the 1960s and it's just moments like that where i'm just like sorry for ranting at you but it's just this is like what the fuck does this guy believe (laughs) just the dumbest shit just the dumbest deference for institutions that are like fundamentally at their core shitty and it's that and it's like that like if aaron sorkin was alive in or he was alive but if he was a fucking adult in the 19 in 1968 he would 1000% support the vietnam war because he'd be like well these are what the these are the two people we're voting for and they're both pro the vietnam war and the process works so i guess like this is a good thing you know oh you're very quiet uh now yeah that's there we go baby there we go god knows why it's just sometimes mike like comes out but um you ranted too long when mike got bored (laughs) Um, like he does shit on the courts and the police in this I don't think they come off unscathed I don't think there's necessarily like a a complete love of big institution 
and I, I, I again think... going through the modern lens, I think there was this there's certain amount of there is like corruption in the police, and even a country like America isn't infallible in terms of its justice system. Um, but I guess that's different interpretations. The other argument I would say is like, doesn't that sort of come through in everybody's art that they have political leanings? And I think I think those whether I the think political beliefs themselves. Are I stupid think those definitely. Thing. Oh yeah, but I think those definitely like political leanings and those people who like who have their politics in their work that like that I don't agree with and I enjoy. But with Aaron Sorkin, it's just it's um, there's just something about it. There's just it's just just a fucking smugness to it that I fucking despise. Uh, and it, it there I don't know. I it just it it jumps out at me, and it's this like again this like historical revisionism of um, uh, that like it's it you know bending reality to be in service of what he believes. Like it, and, and then just being really fucking smug about it. I don't know. I I can't. Uh, you know, it's just a feeling I get from his stuff that uh, I just really, really don't like. Um, and and like an, another thing about this film to rant on a bit is that the protests weren't really about uh, the American soldiers. Like they were kind of like they brought it up, but it was really about the Vietnamese, and this film really, really doesn't like. You know, really, really doesn't go into that. Like, um, you know, Rennie Davis, who was writing down all the names of the American soldiers uh, in the film, in the in real life, he was writing down the names of the Vietnamese and the American soldiers who died. Um, and like a, a big, big part of the protest movement was the fact that, like, the Americans are doing almost genocide in Southeast Asia, and that just there's just one thousand percent focus on the Americans in this because, again, like, just sort of reading it, like, just trying to read into what Sorkin believes. I'm not a mind reader, but um, it's this idea that, like, that you see some Americans believe that like oh the vietnamese war was like kind of a mistake um and like kind of a mishap and not sort of the system kind of working as intended like the fact that like just the american army okay went killed you know resultant deaths of like hundreds of thousands of people if not more and just like yeah that's the system working as intended it's not a mistake it's like these people pour money into their army to buy big guns to use them uh and so the fact that like the Vietnamese aren't mentioned at all in this film is like other than like the Vietnam War is mentioned, but like the cruelty that that inflicted upon the Vietnamese people isn't mentioned in this film. For a film about the Vietnam protests, like that's dumb in my mind, you know. And it's just even though I enjoy the snappy dialogue, you can't paper over that shit in my in my mind. There's only one scene at the start. You're quiet again, baby. Oh, no, now you're in. Nah, yeah, it's, it's very... There's, like, uh, well, they show a little like montage the, thing. Yeah, shows, with like, them at the start. And they show, like, the napalm going on. Um, and then, yeah, maybe one, like, Hayden line being, like, I wasn't going to sign up to kill Vietnamese. Um, but, yeah, it kind of, like... I get why it's not the focus, because I think the focus is on America and like the things Americans going through and how it reflects now so it's like um, you know you, you you never know with these things what's exactly left on the cutting room floor and maybe there was more mm -hmm. stuff about it but it just wasn't huge to the story but I do think it is a valid point that but like is this, if, but is this relevant to what's going on now? Like the, the trial, the, the, all this stuff it was very very focused on the Vietnamese War and the protests of the Vietnamese War and the fact that like you know the Democrats and the Republicans believed the exact same thing uh, in regards to like one of the cruelest American foreign policy like um, American foreign policies to exist 
I don't think that's what Aaron Sorkin believes. I don't think he's, you know, I think he's he's trying to twist this into a Donald Trump bad kind of thing. And like, yeah, okay, Donald Trump is bad, but I just don't think it matches up with, I think it's a really, really odd thing to choose to try and make it reflect today. Because I don't think it really works. Like maybe if if this was 2006 and like you're trying to draw parallels with like the Iraq war or something, yeah. But Maybe I mean I just don't really. I mean, it doesn't like stuff about policing, and you know, protest in general and things like that. I think I think it's right. Like um, but I I guess the focus is yeah more America than Vietnam. Um. Yeah, maybe it doesn't, like, I think it is a fair criticism to say, maybe, you you know, you should say the Vietnam War was probably the most unjust war. I mean, it was the most unjust war. I mean, there's probably some other stupid conflicts, but since World War Two, it's certainly involving, like, a major power. It's it's one of the most unjust wars uh, post-World War Two. And yet, yeah, was fucked up, and was a whole just thing about like, well, communism's bad. Here's some communist countries. Let's just invade one, and uh, they'll put the others off. But that was it. There was a, Vietnam wasn't special. They just they just invaded one. They essentially yeah threw a dartboard at Southeast Asia and went, well, we can't take on China, but Vietnam they seem like a we can bunch of pushovers, don't they? <laughs> and then oh boy some funky guerrilla tactics yeah but it's uh yeah man the, the vietnamese uh uh like lived underground they had those tunnels and they lived in them which i found like i i only learned about like kind of a uh, like i i knew the tunnels existed like i'd sort of seen fucking vietnamese films and i played call of duty uh, Black Ops 2 I think uh, where guys going you can play as a guy going through the Vietnamese tunnels but um, they like th- there's diagrams and shit of them they would manage to get tanks like fucking like 20 meters on the ground through these tunnels somehow they would like disassemble them and reassemble them they had cinemas where they'd play like fucking propaganda films like underground like <laughs> That <laughs> fucking crazy. I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, just just spending years of your life in a in a hole. That's yeah. what the Vietnamese were willing to do. Which is kind of mental. They were, yeah. They were crazy fuckers, undoubtedly. And I guess they ended up winning, sort of. I mean, probably losing because a lot of them got napalmed, but. You know, it was everyone was worse off, but America certainly didn't win. Um, yeah, I guess I guess one of the things is like I'd give them the benefit of the doubt and say that Vietnam bad is like a path that's well trodden, and I think that there is like by being sympathetic, sympathetic to the anti-Vietnam protesters, you are I guess by proxy saying Vietnam bad, but again maybe that's giving the benefit of the doubt or maybe he does think vietnam was fucking yeah but the, yeah man i can go i can go into like a few more i i feel like i'm fucking ranting no I'm go sorry. do it do it do across it. you your internet connection kind of shit itself a little uh, i might do that i mean i could rant a little more but uh, i just feel like it's just these these fucking moments where it's like this is fucking dumb this is just and um and those small things, um, you know, like uh, like the the fact that sh- the the film, like the one of the sort of turning points of the film is Tom Hayden. They have a recording. the The prosecution gets a recording of Tom Hayden's speech, uh, and um, like he he says uh, during the during the the. So what what happens is in the film a kid is climbing on a flag post flagpole, and the police like kind of beat at him, 
and pull them down. That's and then people sort of attack the police. Well, I think happened, and that's roughly what happened in reality. I think what happened in reality is a bunch of kids were standing on a statue, and the kid, the police came and like uh, started fucking them up quite badly uh, for standing on the statue. But um, the uh, um, what Tom Hayden says. I don't know if this happened in reality, but he says, uh, if blood is going to spill, let it spill all over the city. And that's what he's recorded as saying. And uh, the um, and obviously, like that's bad. That shows that oh, you're inciting some form of violence, even if the police are attacking first. Um, and there's this moment where him and Abby Hoffman are talking about it, and Abby Hoffman is like. Oh yeah, I've read your stuff, kid. You need to get over that dropping the, you know, the third-person pronoun and flying pronouns. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know grammar. I didn't understand that. Well, it was just, but it's just sort of this cringeworthy thing, where like this is just such a dumb idea for like a turning point of the film that like a guy forgot a word, is like this core thing, and it's like this moment of respect between them, and. All I can think of is that that's Aaron Sorkin like blowing smoke up his own ass. Again, maybe I just hate Aaron Sorkin so much that it's just reading into the worst possible interpretation of everything. You but might, like the idea of like, oh, Aaron words Sorkin. are just so fucking important. Words are so fucking important. Drop even one, everything fucking changes. And this is the turning point of the film. Well, d- d- it's just a weird. It does change, it's doesn't just, it? It's just so. a... Yeah, but it's just such. A, it's just such a shitty fucking plot point like to make I, that your i don't know i liked it it's just, i thought that whole I, scene I was good it... and then you know heat the moment you can miss that word and that whole like things get misconstrued and things like that and things get taken out of context oh, i just found it i just i just found it like i just I, found it like just a I very can, very can agree. plot it's point very, <laughs> it's very pretentious very wanky and the way they talk about it they sound like cunts but i still think it's a good scene and i liked it <laughs> fair like, I'm, I'm not saying you like shouldn't like it uh Sounds like at it. all Sounds at like all it, but it's just yeah you want to fucking yeah go. man uh man as soon as uh what what tier are outdoor fist fights allowed again then we can fucking go at each other i mean you just walk down a street in edinburgh and you'll probably see one anyway yeah especially um, where we live <laughs> like <laughs> leith walk easter road it's gonna happen um, yeah. Where where my flat is at the moment is really close to the Hibs Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. So you can hear them. when well, football when, comes when back with fans, I'm hoping just that I'll look out the window and it's just fucking fights everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I lived in that area before and uh, I remember like there would be a match and they'd be fucking, they'd be going until like like 1am like the match would be over and then you'd still just hear the occasional like I don't know guy dropping a bunch of pints of pub and just a massive outcry of like way in the yeah. streets um, oh I mean that's a that's a British pastime of just saying way yeah. when someone drops something yeah um, that's what we live for <laughs> Hey, what um, did you enjoy about the film? I've been ranting about what I fucking hate about it for long enough. You talk about what you liked. Kind of got it. Just like that dialogue thing is funny. It's enjoyable. Like, um, I do. I do think, you know, the strengths are like the characterizations with concise, lots of like concise dialogue where people make that point and things like that. And you just kind of maybe not knowing a lot about the Chicago riots helped where you're kind of like I'm intrigued to see what happens there was intriguing things like answering things and like the court process and it sort of gets you pent up about this like judge being yeah. a sort of corrupt moron which is actually meant to be sort of true because it was like oh yeah he was an absolute like a uh, like kind of like Alzheimer's like almost like you know, like almost dementia kind of, um, you know, and that that kind of comes through in the film. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, it does come through in the film. I don't know if they, they explicitly say this guy is going a bit crazy, but 
I, he comes across as like just an incredible asshole. Yeah, he, he comes across as a real piece of shit. Um, but yeah, you you get like ha- the kind of thing like how does this happen in yeah what's meant to be a just country when essentially they're like not allowing uh, Michael Keaton to like speak in front of the jury and then won't give like the jury that information. It's just like how yes. Um, and then so it does like you know you're like oh it is a political trial and things like that and yeah just like all the characters like interesting in terms of like how they again maybe not so true but how they view things and how they have they all have the same goal but there is conflict there um but and eventually they kind of you know they they are looking through the same thing they but see it in a different way and kind of things and they learn from each other like the thing you know Hoffman and Hayden do grow closer and do see each other's perspective and know that like you know it, they are stronger together kind of thing um, but yeah it is, it is just like that snappy dialogue that keeps you engaged the whole way and you know just a classic one egg is an oof I mean yeah great great <laughs> Great comedy writing. Great comedy writing. <laughs> I mean, um, we've not talked about Ruben a lot, but he's essentially like the comic relief mm-hmm. of uh, the film, but he's fucking great. Of just like some of his jokes are just like um, you, when I think Hayden says to Hoffman, it's like, you traded a cow for magic beans. And Ruben's like, yeah, but the magic beans worked. It was a giant up yeah. there. And it's just like, and it's just like the delivery. <laughs> I think it's Jeremy Strong. Maybe might have to look at the. Yeah. He's in like a few yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just great. It's just like perfect. Um, although at the end, the cliff notes gets killed by jaywalking. Yeah, and and also became like like completely, like a, um, I mean sold out or whatever. Became an investment banker, which to go from you know a. a Effectively, like a party calling for communism, to ah, actually Working you know, buy, in the city, buy a few yeah. stocks. It's a big, uh, it's a big shift. It is a tad. I'm a, uh, I'm fucking languishing in darkness here. I'm like in the you, you have to really, really dark. I don't yeah, know usually why. my window is bright enough. Give me a fucking second, man. Give me a fucking second. Let me. It has got darker outside. There you go. Because I was, I was quite. A, now I'm very like white, but I was very sort of warm. Boom. Recording. Good. I think there's yeah, a chance that I don't. I think probably Nomad Land will sweep some Oscar stuff. I don't really know too much about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, 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 I've seen it described as like a modern western. I find that intriguing. Yeah, that is intriguing. Um, but so hopefully go around to watching these at some point. But yeah, I don't know. I was captivated. I enjoyed it. It's, in my opinion, the best film we've watched for the podcast. I mean, I still my my vote still goes to the dig. I like it's just about digging. Oh it's yeah, about digging. Can't fuck that the dig up. is good. The <laughs> dig is good. Um, I didn't mean, miss serial killers in there. What a yeah. classic. Um, and yeah, I yeah maybe Sorkin is a wanker with his political opinions, but I, <laughs> who knows? I mean, I I think being vaguely democratic, I, I'm someone who'd be like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, no, I just... I, I'd be totally okay with it if it just... It's, again, it's the smugness that gets me. It's it's uh, like it's... Uh, like, I don't expect everything I watch to conform to my political views, especially since my political views are very nuanced. And, you know, I'm on the... Above the fucking... I'm, I'm on the political astral plane. I'm, I'm above this shish. Yeah. But um, it's just... Uh, I know. It just, it just, it, it's kind of the fact that it's smug, smug propaganda for like the status quo, and it's when those things just come together with Sorkin, 
I'm just like this fucking like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah I think you just you hate pretentiousness more than anything um well yeah I mean uh maybe maybe that's it maybe if it was just a little less I like the snappy dialogue and is there a pretension there maybe a little I mean I yeah know. I mean I mean any sort of film like this is going to be vaguely pretentious but yeah there's definitely like um because because we've not had internet my flatmate's been watching a lot of like he's got west wing dvds and i've only sort of half paid attention to it because i'm weird i'm not i'm not particularly interested in it to be honest um yeah it seems fine but like i don't i don't care um because yeah. nothing nothing seems to happen um but yeah there's like because it's it seems to you know paint Democrats good kind of thing in that is a bit like you know it's not like the thick of it everyone's an actor you really yeah I think your microphone's gone plugged out again <laughs> there's going to be one bit that's just like really loud on the recording as I like clipped back in um oh, it was okay it was okay. Did 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 you did the stuff about Amanda Inucci come through? No. Fuck. Basically, you know, it's that was not, the one good bit. <laughs> that was the one good thing I said. Um, yeah, like even with the thick of it, you don't know what Amanda Inucci's political leanings are. I guess as with Aaron talking, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Amanda Inucci is like you know, pretty progressive lefty. I think. Yeah, I watched the Death of Stalin actually quite recently it's a good film isn't it good film good film I enjoyed that quite a lot there you go you didn't uh, even though uh, it's not historically accurate because uh, you know the, no but it, that, it's historically it's not historically accurate English in ways accents. that like ma- of course and uh, but it's not historically accurate in ways that like uh, you know I give a fuck about like um, or it's not like in service of like it's just not in service of like a fucking viewpoint like um the the at the end of it like a bunch of people die before stalin's funeral that kind of happened they weren't shot on there was just like a stampede but like okay i don't care like about that historical inaccuracy because i'm not like pro stalin (laughs) i'm not like wait a minute you're saying that they killed people when actually it was an accidental stampede it's like yeah no there's like lines up with even though it's not historically accurate, it lines up with the feeling of, you know, like just the general, the general reality. It lines up close enough that I'm like, yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, and it is, it is just very fun as well. The apparently the like because the start of that film is like an orchestra, where they're just like, oh, Stalin wants to hear like the recording of it. The recording. Yeah, and it like didn't work, so he has to get the. Apparently that like is based on something that happened. Like, yeah. someone was so I've shit heard, scared yeah. that it's, like, the whole thing, they, they panicked and got everyone back into the room to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard things like, um, like, when Stalin, like, would give a speech. Uh, thanks, Stalin. When Stalin would give a speech, you'd, like, okay, I'm finished now, and stop. And people would get up and, like, it would erupt in applause, but people would applaud for, like, half an hour. Because yeah, people didn't want to be the first to be one the to first stop. Person. Which, I mean, I guess, I, I it's a, it sounds kind of bullshit, but I could definitely believe it. it was like a, if it was like a room of like fifty people, I could believe it happening. Like if it was a small little to a bunch of generals and stuff, I could one thousand percent believe that. Uh, yeah, and they were they were mental and like just killing generals who lost fights, and they went, oh, uh, they were experienced and had valuable. Uh, know-how and all these young generals are proper shit and don't know yeah. anything um, yeah so yeah I mean fucking Russia crazy crazy USSR crazy time it was uh, crazy time it, it's weird it's weird that this that there was just like an entire other like viewpoint of how like the world should work existed and doesn't really exist now 
like maybe like North Korea and a few like despotic dictators, but uh, like just this massive, massive like viewpoint, like a actually existing implementation of, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if, was, if you could call the USSR socialism. I don't give a fuck. I don't know, but uh, just like a different viewpoint existing, uh, and we don't have that now. Everything's kind of the same. Everything's like, nah, this is. This is what we're gonna do. We're just gonna, yeah, we're gonna let Apple and Google come in. We're gonna let them do their thing. Coca-Cola, yeah, sure, come on. Uh, so we need to find a new system that's not capitalism, not communism, but different from both of them. Yeah, uh, that's what I, I still think. I still think. I still think uh, benevolent theocratic dictatorship. You know, man. No one's tried it benevolent before. Uh, no, no tried one benevolent, has. Then. The problem with dictators is usually they are bastards. Um, yeah. There's just like a, find a good one. Just go through them until we find a good guy. Yeah, like I mean, the, this is like the problem is that if you had a dictator, they could theoretically change the rule. But if we just, you know, randomly selected a dictator every five years from maybe a list of qualified candidates, or maybe from the whole population, it'd be fun see some chaos yeah um there, there is there was this like theorized fucking political thing uh system where you have like a parliament set up but uh the the mps or whatever are all just randomly selected people from the population well, that's like the old greek system yeah but i think you have to be like a landowner yeah but you man know, or whatever kind of thing yeah it's like jury yeah. service and that'd be kind of cool yeah. See how see how shit happens. Well, because Ireland's got the fucking People's Assembly, hasn't it? Which they were trying to toy around. Yeah, with. the Citizens Assembly. Yeah. But that's mostly just that's just mostly a bunch of people. You get it like randomly selected, and then a bunch of experts, experts, uh, like uh, like opinionated people basically lecture you, and then they decide like, yeah, we should have a referendum on this or we shouldn't. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's kind of similar. Referendums are going so swimmingly here, though. You guys, yeah, yeah referendums been, uh, yeah, gay marriage and abortion, and we're like abortion. Woo! We're like, fuck the EU, fuck the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, eh, it's been okay so far. No meltdown. Your microphone, man. No, no, no. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do some fucking editing. <laughs> oh, I can't be asked though. There we, we don't go. want to. Ah. Send to me. I'll do some. I don't know. Nah, it'll never get uploaded. It's nah, fuck it. The news <laughs> of the world. The news of the world, YouTube one's not been uploaded yet because YouTube was just like, yeah. I'm not processing that. I tried it through. I did try. Oh, okay. And it was just like, I can't be asked to process this. It got stuck on 99% yeah, like five times I did it. I so mean, just, just do it on Spotify. Just do it on Spotify. Yeah, it's on, it's on, <laughs> it's on podcast, but you know, the YouTube thing, because essentially all I'm doing now is like, got the thing on OBS, it will record a sound file and then I just convert that to MP3 and upload that. I just can't, like, yeah. who fucking cares if this is edited or not? Yeah, fair. It, it means that I sound shit through my microphone, which I, I paid a lot of money for. I paid dozens of pounds for this, but uh, I don't really give a fuck at all. Uh, but yeah, man. That, I think that about rat. I, I have more to say, but I just feel like I'd be ranting and ranting. Maybe uh, I'll head over to yours sometime, or meet in public, or head over to yours, or whatever. Uh, I can rant more. <laughs> Was there, <laughs> Just is there anything about... unrelated to like Sorkin, I guess, and what you wanted to rant rant about? Uh, not really, not really. It's just it's just him coming through so strongly, and me being so so repulsed. Uh, but yeah, I think that about I think that about wraps things up. What uh, what are we gonna watch next? Hmm, I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have a think about it. 
Um, I've not really thought yeah. about this a lot because I've not known what's going. I've been thinking, when are we going to record this, and haven't. So I have a look. Yeah. There's probably there's almost certainly like loads of Netflix stuff. Now, maybe I did mention this, Ginny and Georgia. Um, you don't have to watch the whole series. You can just watch one or two episodes if you want. Yeah, sure. But it's it was yeah, actually, yeah. I mean. uh, it, uh just just because Taylor Swift tweeted about it, and I've got takes. Oh yeah. Oh, you can just talk about that now if you want. Nah, we'll I do it. Know. We'll do it another time. We'll do it another time. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. let's wrap this okay. up. That's like basically bang on an hour. So that's perfect. Apart from fucking my exactly. mic cutting out. But who cares? I it, I'm very like dog shit set up. I realised. Oh, I should probably put my microphone, my computer's on the floor, so the microphone's like probably just coming out and things. Maybe I need a new XLR cable. This microphone's probably quite old as well. I should probably get a new microphone, maybe. Who fucking knows? This was like 15 yeah, quid. Um, maybe I can vet when uh, things open up again. Just get a new microphone. I don't fucking know. Man. Well, let's just go. Uh, Say hopefully things open. Technically, we're allowed hopefully to. Hopefully fucking things open. Yeah, we can meet from more than like four people outside on Friday. Yeah, or something. Um, yeah. Because both of us have been very, very good boys who would never... I've been such a good boy. I've been actually such a good boy. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, right, say so your fuck-offs, and we'll go. Yeah. Bye. Bye.